Welcome, and this is Iamawia at the podcast Fish Heads in Red Gravy, where we explore all things occult, metaphysical, culturally relevant, and indigenously spiritual. With this podcast, I hope to examine the ways in which marginalized people create a world of beauty out of colonized trauma. And today, um, I wanted to add something a little bit uh, to the mix of everything that we've been doing so far, and that is um, some Lenormand cards. But before I get to that and Lenormand and give it just a brief um, overview of Lenormand for anybody, because I know that some people, um, you know, they come into the podcast at different times, and this might be the first um, rendering or first hearing of this uh, podcast for them. And uh, I I can't remember if I talked about Lenormand before. I'm pretty sure I think I did mention it briefly in another podcast, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. But one of the things I wanted to talk about first is I was watching this um, show on Discovery Plus, and it was it's it's sort of like a mystery show, a show that um, they don't really debunk what's going on, but they you know show all of these, um, I guess, all these historical moments, or they talk about these topics that may have, you know, have people, you know, either on one side or the other side of the fence, either they believe in the validity of what's going on or they're skeptics. Right. And so I think it's a show for both, you know, and they do a good balance of um, making sure that you have the skeptical people there, but you also have people who are, um, you know, whether they are readers, tarot readers or cryptozoologists or, you know, um, uh, you know, clairvoyance, whatever, you know, you all, you always have a nice mixture of individuals who are defending, you know, this type of um, paranormal, par- paranormal, um, you know, exercises or, or activities, right? So one of the things that came up on one of the shows recently, and it, and this show, and, and they have a lot of things that's happening in each episode, right? So I want to say that this particular episode was about um, JFK um, and it started off about JFK and about, you know, um, a phone call being leaked into this, um, this operator, operation, operator station. And she was able, and a lady was saying that the president was going to be killed. You know, that's how it started all. And, um, it went and it went into great detail to try to figure out how this, you know, this woman knew this, you know, ahead of time. And then they started talking about mob connections and different things like that. But then, you know, from the JFK story, um, they moved into um, tarot, where they talked about, you know, tarot readers. Um, and uh, I watch a lot of them in succession. So I'm, I want to say it was attached to the JFK um, segment, you know, different different short or mini stories that were atta- attached to it. And I think that the tarot one was attached to this particular um, stories, you know, succession of stories. But anyhow, and when they talked about tarot readers, you know, they did a good balance, like I say, of having people who have gone to tarot readers and, you know, tarot readers have helped them or diviners have helped them, you know, um, with different uh, instances in their lives, you know, figuring out what to do beforehand. It might have been a, a tarot re- reader who was also a clairvoyant, right? Helped them to figure out, you know, what was coming down the pipeline for them. And um, for, I think, one gentleman, it it really um, to helped to, um, you know, save his life, impact his life, the direction of his life. And then you had individuals on there who will say that, you know, because you do have a lot of scammers and we're seeing a lot of that on um, the Internet. Right. Especially on Instagram. A lot of individuals have been posting about that and talking about it on Twitter. Um, 
And so with that, you know, it's hard for individuals who really are healers, right? And who really are trying to help the community, you know, heal from whatever they're going through, especially during this time with the pandemic. It's hard for those individuals to get a good footing under them when you have people who are stealing your your face and your name and, you know, all the pictures off of your page, um, you know, to try and, uh, you know, um, make some money. You know what I'm saying? Scamming people to make money. And Teresa Tarot Lady was one of the individuals who talks about that lots, you know, a lot. And then Matt Oren, um, he's written a lot of articles about that as well. And so, you know, you, you have a lot of that right going on. But then you have people, like I say, who are genuinely, you know, um, going to, you know, service you and, and you know, do it the right way and help you um, in, in finance, financial matters, whether it's romance, you know, different areas of your life. We're genuinely there to help you. And no, they're not going to make millions off of helping you because that's not what it's about. But they do need and deserve to be paid for the time that they take out of their lives to service your life. You know, I do believe in that. You know, nobody should be trying to rob you or, you know, every time you're on that, you you log in to your social media site telling you that, um, you know, they had a dream about you or your ancestors connected them. That's not what, what I'm talking about. Those people um, are scammers, you know, because nobody should hit you up. You should be in a position to see this person's page and see what they you know, what their offerings are, if they're a writer, you know, what they say, and then, you know, be able to resonate with that and to determine for yourself if that is somebody that you would um, like to invite into your life, into your space, right? And so, um, you know, with the show, like I said, you know, they do a good balance of showcasing individuals who believe in it and individuals who don't. And, you know, a lot of times the skeptics, they have, um, you know, they come with a a scientific reason, you know, for why, you know, um, it works for some people or why some people feel as though it works for them, you know? And so a lot of times they will say things like, well, you know, um, they pry long enough and they're going to come across a situation that you, that you're dealing with, whether it's a lost relative, right. And say, well, this person is trying to reach out to you. This person wants you to do this. You know, um, one of the things that they mentioned, like if you're a young woman saying that you, have gone through a period where you had lost a lover, you know, and you experienced some great sadness, things like that, right? But when, you know, if you've, if you've ever had a reading from someone that you felt really connected with and felt the validity of what they had to say, you know that they're going to go way deeper than that and trying to figure out, you know, just what the gist of your situation is. So you may come in for one question or have, I have an idea that it's one thing that you need to work on. And then you'll find, you know, um, when you sit with the reader who is really good at what they're doing, that, um, that there are lots of other things, uh, avenues in your life that you have been neglecting or that need some attention, just a little TLC. So, um, you know, I just, I know that a lot of people are seeing these scammers because they're pop, they're constantly popping up on Instagram. And so I don't want people to feel, um, you know, put off by the the process or the healing, the offerings that, you know, diviners, readers have, you know, I think it is uh, definitely something that we should, that you should all do, we should all do as a collective. And, you know, because I also, you know, have times where I don't read for myself and I have someone who will read for me, you know. And so, um, you know, with that in mind, you know, you still have to, you know, go through the process of really scrutinizing 
who you are putting yourself out there to, you know, and so that's, that's for the individual to do, you know, and I, one thing that I like to say is I always tell people is, you know, ask if you could speak to, ask for references from that person, you know, who there's someone you could talk to that they've um, done some readings for, you know, and, and, and talk to that person, have some questions for that person so that you can feel like it's not something that, um, you know, that you might be calling somebody that's in the next room from them. You know, have some questions for that person about that person's process of doing things, you know. Um, and then, you know, and then from there, you know, I would ask, you know, I would ask for more than one person. Usually I'll tell people if they ask me that, which I don't, I'm not offended by, I may give them two or three. I may give them a male and a female, you know, an older person and a younger person, you know, and that person might say, well, I'm on this social media so you can look me up, you know, things like that. And you could even ask that, you know, do you have a social media platform? And then you could see how connected that person might be to that person, right? You know, um, sort of degrees of separation from that person to see, you know, if you really feel as, as though this person is, you know, giving you the truth and they're not being on the, you know, on a payoff from the person that you're trying to get the reading from. So there are lots of things that you can do um, if you feel, you know, that that might not be. And check out their website as well. You know, if they have a web page, check that out and see what you think about that, you know, um, see how they approach people, you know, what their communication is like on their social media platform. Are they always on their social media platforms hustling for, you know, um, clients, you know, because that might not be the kind of person that you want to have reading for you. If you, if if every word is, you know, call me, hit me up in my, you know, trying to, you know, so see if they are a regular person, you know, on their, um, social media sites? Are they talking about regular things, everyday things? Are they talking or, you know, offering, having offerings of free information that might be helpful to you in your life? You know, are they telling you about a spell a day or recommending a book to read? What kind of person are they socially? So those are some things that I I do, you know, recommend people do. And I do, I still do it myself. I'll look and investigate and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you think about all the private investigator shows that I'm sure we've all seen at one point or time in our life and think about how they constantly, you know, I think about Columbo, right? How he constantly will go back, go back, constant, always like, you know, he's forgotten something. There's one more thing to ask. Well, you know, a person, if if there's somebody who is um really putting themselves out there as is doing providing a service to the community then they won't mind you um you know being cautious and asking about that because they understand that uh the the whole process is riddled with a lot of people who are scammers and who are doing that and that's something to also keep in mind you know you might want to make sure that you are um contacting the right person because like I say these people a lot of these people are going onto the the real person site and just you know lifting their pictures and put you know, creating their own site and saying that they're this person and telling you these exorbitant prices. So I would just sort of investigate that um, that person on other platforms and then ask, you know, if you see them, you know, if, if you find them on Instagram and you like what they are showcasing in imagery, then look them up on Facebook and then look them up on Twitter and then ask, you know, and, you know, sort of, you know, pay attention to the answers, the responses that you get. Now, if you're getting three different types of responses, you know, like they're not really, you know, understanding what you're asking and from one platform to the next, that might not be the real person, you know, so that's something that you, and you can even say that, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that this is the real person, you know, and if they have more than one, one site, you know, on, on, um, on Instagram, that would be the definite route I would go is to look on, you know, Twitter and, um, 
and on um, Facebook. Um, a lot of times on Instagram, you know, they'll post the, those uh, pictures, you know, they'll have a different site, you know, a fake site for the real person that they've created, the scammer has created. And um, they don't, they don't know the lingo of that person. So a lot of times these people, they talk in this broken English and they, they can't really communicate as that person would, right? And so a lot of their communication is just basically centered around payment, you know, pay me for this and that, you know, so I would definitely go look that person up on Twitter or on Facebook and see if I can match, you know, the conversation that we're having. So that might be a way to go. So, um, you know, today I wanted to talk about um, cultivating happiness. I guess that that for me is the theme of what's going on because we're moving into this whole um, this week, you know, this new week that's coming up. Um, well, this week that we're in already and we have Christmas coming and we have New Year's coming. In, and I wanted this reading to hold us over um, till that to the after the new year process. Right. And so. One of the first things that came up where I'm doing the Rider Waite Smith deck, I'm still doing that deck. Um, and like I say, my my process is that I usually will stick with a deck or go to a deck that's calling to me. And this one has been calling to me a lot. Um, and it still is, yeah, it's my my antique deck. You know, it has that that um old feel, you know, the color is really brown and sort of antique-ish, right? So I still use I'm using that deck. Um and so you know, one of the things in all of these cards were um, in the upright position. And so the first thing I have is the four, four wands. Um, and this particular card, the four wands, we see um, two people, two individuals, a man and a woman, and they're happy and they're moving in happiness and they're celebrating. Um, and they're, it's just a celebratory card, right? It's this card of that you've accomplished these great accomplishments. Um, you think about graduations, maybe engagements, marriages, maybe coming home and from school or, you know, returning home from your first um, adventure and um, trying to live on your own as an adult. And you're coming back to visit, you know, not as a child, but as, you know, like I said, as a young adult. Right. And so this happiness, this sense of of um, I'm moving, you know, in accordance with my destiny. And I'm making. I'm, I'm making these milestones manifest greatness for me, right? At each step, I'm having little successes, right? Which hopefully will lead to an ultimate success. So it is definitely a card about happiness. It's a card about happiness. But the happiness in the card, um, what the sensation or the feeling that I get from the happiness in the card of the four wines is that it's not complete. It's a step-by-step -step process, but you should celebrate you know, step by step when things happen for you in your life. You know, you have something that that's, um, you know, you pass a class, you know, or you are able to um, move into your first apartment or you are engaged. You know, you've had been in this long term relationship and now you're engaged in your planned marriage or you have a new job, you know, things like that. The end of a semester or the end of college, moving on into grad school. All those things are celebratory moments. And so those are things that you should be celebrating. And so what this card is saying is that it is not complete, but it is a milestone that you are, are able to celebrate and that you should celebrate, right? So that's what um, we have there. And that's the first card. So it is definite, like I said, it's upright. All of them are upright. So it's celebration. Accept your celebration, but understand that it's not the end. In the, in the, I guess in the foreground of the card, 
I think about it as, as a beautiful house. It almost looks like, um, you know, like it would be the top of a castle to me, right? It looks just like a, it looks like they're returning and people are going to greet them and be excited and happy for them. The happy, you know, group or the couple or the pairing, you know, they're back and, and, and they're here to tell us exactly, you know, about the, um, trials and tribulations that they had to overcome because they did overcome it. They're back and they're excited about it. So that's in that first part. But it reminds us, like I said before, that, you know, we accomplish things slowly, right? But every every accomplishment, every step along the way, we should pat ourselves on the back because that, that gives us pride and helps us to feel as though we can keep it moving. All right. And then after that, we have um, we have five swords. And this particular card is one, whenever it comes up, I, I look at it really long and hard, right? And it's upright as well. Um, and so we have an individual who almost has a smirk on his face. He is, he's holding three swords and then there are two on the ground. And we have an individual who looks like they're far, far away, but they, I want to say it feels to me as though they are maybe clenching their face, maybe crying, maybe sweaty maybe just tired, but it looks like that they are really, feel really humiliated and de degraded and they're just, you know, leaving the scene. And then there's another person who probably, um, who's really closer to the one who's holding the three swords, who is um, sort of dejected and feels as though it's done. I'm out of here. I'm moving. Not as broken as the one that's farther off, but at this point, I want to say the one who's closer to the one who's holding the three swords and, the, and smirking, um, he is moving with the sense of saying um, almost as if, um, you know, whatever you want, you got it. You know, I'm just out of here and I don't want to have anything else to do with this situation or this scene. You know, so the dropping of the two swords, the two sources for the two individuals, and they're just done. You know, they're not... Um, badly wounded in my opinion uh physically but they're more wounded um emotionally you know by the whole scene um and the one who's smirking who's standing there who's holding three swords it's it's as if um his way of communicating he has out um has manipulated them right he's humiliated them with his words right because when we think about the swords we think about how we communicate and so i his smirk his face Let's me though that he has said everything that he has ever felt that he needed to say or wanted to say and felt he didn't have agency in the world to say. And now he's saying it and he doesn't care, you know, who it hurt. Um, because he is holding on to three swords, I get the notion that he is using these words to manipulate these individuals, to hurt them, to overpower them. But he is. Someone else is pulling the strings with him. You know, he is not in control of this situation. He thinks he is in control. But because he has to hold on to three swords, right, it's, it's almost as if these words or these ideas, right, are coming from somewhere else. Because in one hand, he is firmly holding on to a sword. And um, he has the ability and a lot of grip on that one. But then he's struggling to hold on to two swords in an opposite hand. And that that implies to me that um, he is being led to believe that what he is going to say or what he has already said is um, is okay, is acceptable by the group of individuals who have provided their two cents and their, their two swords to him. 
um, in addition to the one that he is able and capable of holding. So he has his own ideas, his own views, his own words that um, he wants to say, but he is easily manipulated by others, you know, to be um, the individual who is going to be the the dowser, you know, uh, the, the one who is going to offer this pain, right? And then lastly, <clears throat> we have an individual laying on the ground, right? And then we have 10 swords. And the 10 swords are piercing from the head all the way down, right? And it, I think about it in the spine. And so we have all of this pain and we have the individual who thought he was in charge of everything now, we find that he is not, right? He is so tired because what happens when the individuals who are manipulating you feel finally get a grasp that there is nobody left for you to um, humiliate, then you become the person who is on the receiving end of the humiliation from them. And so he is so beaten down because there's nobody else left to beat up, right? That, um, that it is affecting him physically, mentally, spiritually. He is truly affected by it. And so the return and the, after the, once the return, once the individuals have returned, then you have this, this feeling of, um, you know, that I'm better than you, that I have it all. I don't need you. And you have it verbalized, right? And after the verbalization of that and the pull away of the individuals who are like, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you handle me like that or mistreat me in that way. I'm out of here. After they're gone, then there's only you left to be mistreated, right? And, you know, I think one of these, one of the things about the whole idea of cultivating happiness is figuring out, you know, how you can be an adult and still be respectable, you know? Um, and I'm saying respectable to your elders, people who are still older than you, who've been adulting much longer than you. That's what these particular cards are speaking on. Because when you think that you have it all, there comes a point in time when you realize that you really don't have it all. Um, and so a notion or an idea to think about is how we can cultivate happiness for ourselves. And when we get into those places and those, those feelings where we are um, seriously being manipulated by somebody else, think about how we are going to um, just say, no, no, I'm, that's not going to work. That's not, that's not going to happen and step away from that, step away from that situation uh, or those individuals and find something that you feel happy about. Take a walk, think about something that you feel happy about. If you have your phone, what I always tell people is try to find one of your favorite cartoons from when you were a kid that made you laugh out loud. You can find anything on the internet now, right? And, and, and watch it, go sit at the park and watch one of those on your phone, you know, have a good laugh. Focus on the memory of, you know, what about that was funny to you, you know, and, and, and then, you know, walk that off, you know, because the return should be about love and nurturing all of those energies that, that brought you to where you are, not about trying to show out. Right. And so with this, with this particular reading, I wanted to go into Lenormand to kind of look at a Lenormand, um, just a, in addition to what we have, just see what the Lenormand has to say about what we already have. And I, just to do a little background on Lenormand. So I've talked about Lenormand before and, you know, I love tarot, but for me, tarot, tarot is, um, 
it's sort of like the outline, you know, the first part of the outline, you know, where we're going to label the words. And then when we go into the bullet point points under there, then that would be my Lenormand. So it's like the top of Carol would be like my, my, um, you know, my topic sentence, right? But Lenormand would be with my supporting details, right? That's going to give me a little bit more into that. And so that's what Lenormand really does for us. And, um, and so the Lenormand is a divinatory tool, right? Um, it's, said to be a 200 year old system from Europe and usually you have a deck of 36 cards um its name comes from a lady named Madame Lenormand right and and I'm going to read a little information it says that the cards came into being in the late 18th century many of their symbols derived from those commonly found in coffee ground readings the oldest surviving deck dates from 1799 or 1800 and is currently kept in the British Museum in London. It's originally named the Game of Hope. It was once a parlor game, much like Carol, because Carol was too, right? And then when people started to find out that they had a more esoteric purpose for them, right? Started to find out that these cards were really helping them with their lives, then it moved from being a parlor game into um, more of a divinatory practice. The cards came to bear the famous name of the Sibyls and Salons, Marie Anne Lenormand, also known as Madame Lenormand, only after her death in the mid-19th century. She was rumored to have used the custom set of the same cards that are seen today, her own adaptation. Hers was a large legacy, having been the most celebrated psychic of her time. And so these cards have lots of, um, you know, they have other themes on, on, on the cards and they have things like a cross. And then they would have, then you would have an interpretation for what that would mean, right? And so, and and I'm going to read a few, they would have a fox. And so there are things for that fox. So the cross might say something like, you when you read about it, it may have something that means something like um, suffering, a burden, or sorrow. And the fox might mean like cunning, streetwise, entrepreneur. So you can definitely buy Lenormand, a Lenormand deck, right? And you can study him a little bit. But I want to go into this and see what comes up you know, in terms of from Lenormand. And so with our reading that we already talked about, right, the return, returning home, and we talked about cultivating your happiness, not trying to show out and show show up for everybody. So the tower card is what came out of Lenormand. And the tower card in Lenormand talks about authority, rules, and regulation, right? And so that's a wonderful card in terms of how it fits into this, what we're already talking about. And, and we talk about health issues, we think about the spine. And once again, right, that last part, all those sores, and we're talking about going down the back, the spine. So rules and regulations, how we defend ourselves, right? This resolve, right? All of it, how our authority. So returning home might feel like, you know, now I'm an authority figure myself because I'm just as grown as everybody else there, right? Well, what Lenormand is saying is that you need to still pay attention to how you, um, you know, understand your place within the within the structure of your own family, right? So authority. Um, don't start holding it in and thinking that just because you are grown that you need to start making demands. This is your time to come home and start demanding things or to start trying to um usurp power from your family members, you know. I mean, we don't know what this cycle of the pandemic, this cycle that we're in now is going to lead to. And so we need to be in a position if we have individuals in our family, if I'm saying if, 
that we can trust and lean on and love, then it's not the time to show out just because you feel like, you know, you're, you may have made investments that may be showing rewards, right, for you now. Or you may have a new job or you may have a you may have decided to become an entrepreneur or go back to school or whatever it is. It's not the time to feel as though you don't need anybody because the world is resetting itself that you have to totally break away and feel like, you know, you are a master of your own domain. And that's that, you know, so that's what this card is talking about. Um, What happens when we do those things? We isolate ourselves, right? We have all of these high ambitions, right? That we're at the top. And then once we isolate ourselves, we find that at this transition is going to lead us right smack down, fall into the bottom with no one there to assist us in our growth or no one there to help us when we really need them because they'll feel like, oh, no, you said you had it. You got it. So you don't need me. You know, you don't respect me. So I'm not there for you. And so this is not the time for that. This is not the time to feel as though we are the greatest. Right. We have to still look out for each other and love each other. So cultivate that happiness. Go listen to that um that that cartoon or go listen to or watch a show that from now that's funny, you know, but cultivate some happiness in your life. Love the people who have loved you and be respectful, right? Love you all until next time. I should.